everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of UGA Sports Live. Thank you for joining us at 734 on a Tuesday night. Sorry, I had a little bit of an issue there getting us started. That's what happens when Bane's not around. I screw it up. But I'm joined by Jim Donnan, the former Georgia Bulldogs head coach, the Hall of Famer himself, the man that you are all here to listen to as he's going to break down Georgia's 12-0 season. Plus, look ahead to LSU as the Dogs are the reigning SEC East champs, but they would like to make that the SEC champs. It is a uh, a ring that has eluded Kirby Smart. He's had four trips to the SEC championship. He's only won it once. So you know that he really wants to get this one. We just saw the uh, uh, playoff committee give out their rankings. The Bulldogs remain number one. We'll talk about some of the other teams in there. And I guess Alabama and Ohio State are kind of rooting for just absolute chaos this weekend. But the Georgia Bulldogs are in control of their own destiny, just like you were in control of your destiny, and you chose to spend your Tuesday night with us, and we appreciate it. Coach Donnan, I think before we get into LSU and all the comments and all the questions we have, we're looking ahead to LSU, but I would like to take two seconds, two minutes, however long you like, to look back at the fact that Georgia finished the season 12-0. and And I just think that um, – a lot of people kind of expected that. George was a favorites in all their games. But I still think that is a major accomplishment that we should not uh, just run past. Yeah, I've known a lot of coaches over the years and have been around football. But uh, very seldom does a team have a chance to win every during the regular season. Uh, it just uh, doesn't happen, particularly in the, the way everybody's so uh, competitive now with transfers. That, but just a real testimony to Kurt Smart and staff. The players really deserve most of the credit, just the fact that they bought into the what was necessary to develop as their own team, their own core, uh, started their own little bit of uh, identity, weren't caught up in comparisons and trying to be something that they weren't. And uh, part of being successful in any endeavor is – meet the standards that you have for yourself. Uh, you measure success in degrees. Success for some people winning just a few games. Uh, others maybe 500. Others, you know, lose a couple. But uh, incredible standard here now that uh, the fans are expecting. Uh, I mean, pissed off when you don't beat somebody uh, like really badly. And uh, it's just last week was a very tough time to get with everything hanging in the balance. And you look what happened to LSU. I don't know if they were looking ahead or they were just outmanned or what, but uh, we took care of business and uh, we got the victory. And it's just an amazing uh, whole six, seven years now, the way this program is built to sustain itself too. I mean, I was over there uh, a couple of times here in the last week and just looking at some of these younger players, uh, and the way they look now compared to they looked last January or last even June just uh, makes my mouth water. I mean, <laughs> really, uh, you know, I always say that about certain guys, but just uh, potential is one thing, but performance is another. And our performance has been outstanding. I uh, credit Kirby not only with what he did with the reassembling the uh, team, but also the staff. Yeah. I mean, Four coaches off your staff, uh, particularly a coordinator that uh, that has been kind of your right hand man uh, defense, boy, uh, and play like we have and keep up standards. Uh, just, but the unfortunate 
about it is we can't everybody just go off to uh, Panama City and have a have a good week. Hey, <laughs> you got to get rolling now. Now's where where the dance is starting. And uh, but I like the position our team's in going. Out. I mean, we've been laying in the weeds a little bit. I think uh, holding back Stetson. I think just from the standpoint, not wanting to put him on the perimeter, get him hurt, and limiting his exposures. But uh, I think he's similar playoff run by Stetson Bennett that he had last year. So you think they kind of cut him loose against this uh, uh, LSU team, or, or knowing that you're in the playoffs, you're like, hey, we we need to keep him safe and not worry about going to Carson back or something like that. We just need to, because you hope, hopefully it's, you know, the semifinals and the finals, not so much. Again, I'm not, I know Kirby wants to win that SEC title, but I could see that maybe that same thing carries over. Do you hold him back a little bit for this game? Oh, I think I lost a coach there. What's a good question? I'll wait for him to come back and rejoin me here. The point being, when Kirby Smart was talking about it, he seemed very adamant about the fact that he wanted to win this game, and that make, makes me worry a little bit about what uh, uh, George is going to do when it comes to – not should say worry, but it makes me wonder what George is going to do. How many, do you fire all your guns to beat LSU for an, a, a ring? Is it, you know, Do you show everything to uh, Michigan? You know, do you show everything to Ohio State? Do you show everything to TCU, the stuff that maybe you're holding back? Because when you go back to that game – that wasn't exactly a um, uh, that Georgia Tech game. It wasn't exactly exciting, and a lot of people thought that well, maybe they're just and they're going very vanilla. Felt vanilla. I mean, but also a little bit of, had to do with the fact that they came out super flat. So uh, that's just my take. Coach, I was asking you there before you had a little technical difficulties. Do you? Yeah, do you I'm sorry about that. I've tried my ass off to this. I don't know what's what's going on, but uh, you know that's the other thing people talk about that and, and stuff like that. I mean, who knows if you are or not, but uh, uh, we, we've got uh, a real paradox here that I think with our team. First of all, we're not as good as everybody would think we are. We've got issues, but we're a lot better than maybe I think we are. So it's a real situation where I have a tendency to see some things maybe that as an old coach that, that I, that maybe other team doesn't know about. Uh, we, we've just got to be careful that we protect people like Bullard and man coverage, that uh, we, we do a better job with our uh, outside backers not getting caught inside. Uh, they're not athletic enough to make those plays like Nolan Smith does. And then offensively, uh, you know, wasting a few plays once in a while. We just have a tendency to, you know, kind of get on a bad roll there. And we got to target – uh, 84 more McConkey didn't get any targets last week. Only threw four passes to wide receivers. Uh, we don't, but we ran the ball so effectively it didn't matter. But and then get the ball to, but uh, it, it's going to be, uh, in my opinion, I don't know. I don't, y'all got somebody named Bulldog Bob. Maybe he could get on there and say, but if you look <laughs> at, every, at the four teams on the, uh, that, that that are out there left, we got better players than the other three, uh, top to bottom. I just think we do. We're so much bigger than Michigan. We're actually bigger than this year. LSU's small defensively. We got a lot of transfers. Uh, uh, you know, TCU, uh, good overall team, got a solid quarterback. But uh, And then, you know, Caleb Williams, who 
at one point was coming to Georgia, going win a Heisman Trophy. Uh, they got a good offense. Their defense is really bad. I'm talking about not not even you can't even average. It's really bad. They get some turnovers, but you watch. Uh, well, that answers one of the questions we had, though, is how does Georgia stack up against the, the other teams? So let me pull that one up real quick because I, I really want to get to that. Um, so the, oh, I think I lost him again. All right. I'll answer this question, Coach, while we wait on you to uh, come back. The uh, question's from uh, Pierce Outlaw. Assuming the other playoff team come from the group of Michigan, Ohio State, TCU, and USC, who, what is the biggest obstacle between UGA and another national championship? Best matchup, worst matchup? Uh, Pierce, I'm going to say the biggest uh, obstacle for Georgia is Georgia. You've seen them play two different, completely two different teams. You've seen them play uh, the team that just destroyed uh, uh, Oregon, put the, you know, a whip into South Carolina, just blew them out of the place. Then you saw a team that struggled, you know, gave up 22 points to Kent State, you know, just weren't hitting like they wanted to. A team that, uh, you know, let Georgia Tech hang around a little too long. Uh, this is a team that, you know, had an issue with Missouri. Uh, they didn't let they scored 16 points at Kentucky. When Georgia's hitting on all cylinders, none of I, and I'm not trying to come across like a homer here because I'll be the first to say that I agree with Coach there and that we do see some warts that this team has. This team is not as talented as last year's team, but they're still talent, more talented than any of the others, as Coach just mentioned. Uh, I'm not trying to say one versus the other. You can, you know, I'll let Coach say, you know, which team he thinks is the better. Uh, so, Coach, okay, the my next move is to uh, go out there and hang off the end of my car and see what happens. <laughs> uh, but the course, to everybody uh, about this because that's uh, I, I promise you, uh, I, I, I've been looking forward to this show uh, all day. Don't worry about it. Uh, I've been uh, doing a lot of research and also have uh, kind of looked at our team and kind of give you state of the dogs. But um, hopefully, we won't have any more uh, faux pas here. So, well, don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> Let's uh, answer this question for me, Coach, though. Uh, this is from Pierce. who's saying, what's looking – if you still had Michigan, Ohio State, TCU, USC, who is the biggest obstacle between UGA and another title, best matchup, worst matchup? And to me, I'm, I, and I, told, I said, Pierce, to me, the, the team that's in Georgia's way is Georgia. When they play like they can, they'll blow any of these teams out. I worry about Ohio State and that passing attack. Uh, Michigan – Got whipped by Georgia last year. You know they're they're going to come back a completely different team. Very you know looking to get revenge. TCU. I don't know enough about them, but they have the best strength of schedule of any of them, and they're twelve and zero. But I'm just thinking this team's not as loaded as last year's team, coach. But if they play like they did against Oregon, who could beat them? Yeah, but I mean, they play like Kentucky, and I get nervous. You know, Oregon is uh, when you look at it. Oregon after watching them last week against Oregon State. Mm -hmm. Watching them, I think we we maybe got a little fool's goal there, uh, but now you look at the fact that we beat four teams in the top twenty-five, two on the road: Mississippi State and Kentucky, plus Tennessee and Oregon. Uh, so our strength of schedule is a lot better than Michigan's, but it's just hard to make comparisons on teams because the, you know you say this, they say that, blah blah blah. But uh, 
we do have a very good offensive line, a very physical offensive line that's aided by the fact that our tight ends can block uh, and help you get that extra guy. Uh, we might not have the dynamic backs, but we got guys that can, uh, particularly with Milton coming on strong here and showing you what his ability is, that, that can really hurt you out of the backfield. And then uh, wide receiver-wise, I, I think the big deal for me is and I'm talking about if we were watching Monty Hall and mm -hmm. watching the, what's behind door number three, door number two, door number one, what would you think it would be? I'm going with door number one. I always pick that one, you know, but. But what, who is behind that? Uh, behind it, I'm hoping it's number five. <laughs> Unbelievable that you got that right. Did, uh <laughs> Because I I'm think, saying, you know, A.D. Mitchell, number five. I think, guy. He's, I think he's been laying in the weeds here the last couple of weeks and, you know, probably could have played a little bit earlier. And they just said, look, hey, let's you, you're ready to go. And uh, he'll be there. It gives you a real spark out there. Although Rosemary St. Jack's playing good, got a lot of confidence. Uh, I just you add that to the mix and you add the big play ability that he showed last year. All of a sudden. That just really helps our play action game because right now everybody's playing the underneath stuff on play action, you know, really jumping Bowers and Washington and all that. You know, when they usually when he bootlegs out and they go in the flat or come across, you know, wide open. But the last couple of weeks they've been covered. But all of a sudden, if they try to jump that and you got AD Mitchell going down the sideline, and, and of course, we show. About every two weeks, we'll throw one deep to eleven, and he can go deep too. And uh, so he scored I, I, just feel like, I just feel like throwing out some good bait here. You know, we've set up a we've set up a good uh, situation here. Uh, I think that's a good a good point. Uh, getting Ad Mitchell back would be huge because it, it we're getting it, him back. We're getting him back. I'm just saying it feels like echoes of when you got George Pickens back. And you think of that big catch he had in the title game, you know, that where he laid out for it, just doing what George Pickens does, and he's killing it in the NFL uh, with A.D. Mitchell back this weekend. And uh, he didn't get in on the one play last week where they tried to get him to jump off sides. He didn't get an active snap, but they put him on the field just to kind of say, hey, you know, make them make the other team deal with it. Now, all of a sudden, LSU, they don't have film of him this year. So hopefully he torches oh, them. Yeah. But Darian Smith just there in the sky, but – I think everybody will understand that LSU's got a lot of transfers, uh, guys from other teams playing, uh, have had some uh, mix and match in the secondary. But the one thing that, uh, even though this Jaden Daniels is really good, I mean, I've been impressed with him, particularly the way he's come on the last five or six games. It's just been very efficient. Had a poor game last week, but he hurt his ankle. There is nothing good about being a mobile quarterback with a hurt ankle. Uh, I mean, I just don't think he's going to be quite as good. Now, he might still torch us. Who knows? But you just can't come off a high ankle sprain in a New York minute now. I mean, you just can't do it. I don't care. You know, uh, they might go out to Tulsa and, and uh, go out there and check him out at the uh, – uh, or Roberts or something, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, is, is that what it is? It's a high ankle sprain? I mean, I, the way he looked, the way he was moving around and all, that's 
Uh, I know you have sources that not everybody else has. That's why I, I, well, I mean, based on what I've talked to the trainers, they say our people look at it and say it looks like what happened to him. That's what was what happened. But and you know, they said they put him in a boot, which you know, putting in a boot does not necessarily mean that the guy's out for the rest of his life. But uh, I know uh, it's just immobilizes what you want to do. But but uh, hey. We see a lot of Georgia players walking around campus in boots, yeah, and they I mean, play. They play all day Saturday. That's just know. the way to do things. But I mean, I think you probably should just rehab it over the next couple of weeks and get ready for the bowl game. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, we'll get. We're get a question for PA Dog. We're going to ask in just a moment. He wants to know what LSU's strengths and weaknesses are, Coach. So I'm going to let you uh, ponder I those. I got them. You pondered those while well, I mentioned to her about our friends over at uh, Your Pie. I want to bring them up real quick in the show here to let people know that they have this week, they have free delivery through the Your Pie Rewards app, you know, or online uh, at participating locations. I'm going to speak for everybody, every every individual Your Pie's place. I don't know if they have enough delivery drivers. The point being, you can get the signature pizzas, the custom pizzas, the salads, the breadsticks, you know, all the wonderful stuff they have this week at your pie with free delivery. So hit them up. That is a great promotion that they are doing. It's very easy to order online. It's very easy to order through the uh, app. You can order today. It's still double points Tuesday for your lunch tomorrow, your dinner tomorrow, your uh, your lunch or dinner on Saturday after, you know, before or after the SEC championship came. So you can hit them up and uh, get it ordered exactly like you want it. Also want to mention our friends over at Athens Ford. They are doing the angel list. Now the angel list is pretty cool because on any vehicle you buy out there, they're going to contribute $100 to the list, the Christmas list of a kid in the Athens area. This is uh, the angel list uh, benefits the Salvation Army and Toys for Tots. And it's not just, okay, you know, six-year-old kid, uh, boy, give him a GI Joe. You know, they ask him, what does he want? Kid tells him. They go and get those gifts. So uh, that they're they're always doing something in the community to take care of Athens. That's Athens Ford. You know, it's in the name. Get over there, get a vehicle from them, and know that you have peace of mind with the lifetime powertrain warranty on any of their new uh, vehicles and many many of their pre-owned vehicles. Of course, anything with the uh, certified pre-owned. Uh, just about anything under 80,000 miles, which, of course, is the vast majority of their vehicles. Check them out. They also have quite a few vehicles in stock. Uh, that is rare at this date and, date and time. But hit up our friends at Athens Ford. They sponsor this show. They sponsor our watch along. And they sponsor the dog vents. So if you, know, if you are a loving member of the UGA sports community, you have Athens Ford to thank for all the great content you get over there because they help us uh, pay the bills. So uh, check them out when you get a chance. All right, Coach, the question is, uh, when it comes to LSU, this is from PA Dog 610 He says, Coach Dunn, what are LSU's strengths and weaknesses? You kind of touched on a little bit there with the uh, quarterback. Might be banged up a little bit, but Jaden Daniels looks phenomenal. Give us LSU's strengths and weaknesses. Well, Jaden Daniels transferred from Arizona State. Uh, you know, has had a lot of uh, experience at quarterback over the last couple of years. Uh, and he, as I mentioned earlier, started out fairly slow and has started to get the ball to his receivers. He's more of a runner early, but now he's throwing the ball more. And uh, he got a bevy of good receivers. I mean, Boutte is one of the best in the country, uh, uh, and, and he got a pretty good tight end that, uh, you know, made that 
two-point catch against uh, Alabama. And anyway, you look at it, the fact that this team with a new coach and transfers and whatever beat the University of Alabama is just a tremendous win for the program. Got a veteran coach who's, who's won everywhere he's ever been, you know, going back to Grand Valley State where he was a NAIA or Division Three coach, national champion. Then he went to uh, to uh, Central Michigan and won, Cincinnati won, Notre Dame, and now uh, he was a coach at Notre Dame the two times we played him over the last four years. So uh, their offensive uh, philosophies, kind of like Cincinnati, their coordinator came from Cincinnati who was calling the plays when we played against Ritter uh, in the uh, Peach Bowl. Uh, really powerhouse running game. We got three backs. They've been holding one out the last couple of weeks, but uh, we, we all know about Emory. We recruited him. Yes. Uh, but uh, they, they come at you hard with the inside and outside zone. Uh, the quarterback's very good at reading it, and they run a little wraparound split zone where he fakes it up in there and then comes and either runs it or passes to the tight end coming across on a bluff block. Uh, take some shots, and uh, O-line is uh, a very young. Both tackles are true freshmen, but at this point, you played so many games, you already played 12, you, you've matured. Uh, got some pretty solid interior offensive linemen, too. Defensively, uh, Matt House is a coordinator. He has a little bit of a pro background coaching at Indianapolis and uh, also Kansas City Chiefs. But he was actually the coordinator in 2018 for Kentucky when we were playing them. Uh, he's a good, solid coach, plays a lot of zone. Their defense is uh, just a bevy of transfers. Almost everybody in the secondary is a transfer from someplace. Oklahoma State, actually Major Burns from here is a safety backup. <laughs> Uh, that played was at Georgia last year. Uh, and then they've got uh, the edge player in Ojalargi, who is, you know, BJ uh, is uh, a good player. I mean, he comes off the edge and does a good job. And then they got this kid named Harold Perkins Jr., who Seems is number 40, that they kind of use as a, a pass rusher sometime, play him as a nickel guy uh, out in the, in the slot to support the run. And uh, when they play man coverage, they put him back to rush the passer. But more of a zone concept team. They've had trouble in the kicking game uh, early in the year, had a lot of kicks blocked, uh, particularly extra points and field goals uh, against Florida State, which hurt them. Um, and, and, you know, veteran coaching staff with uh, Coach Kelly has been to the dance. But uh, we, we uh, from my standpoint, uh, playing at home, uh, we're playing with a veteran quarterback. Uh, you know, we got a lot of weapons on offense. Our defense has just got to be careful that we don't uh, give them anything easy and make them earn it because they, they have a tendency to turn the ball over some. Uh, we haven't created many turnovers, and we've had a few ourselves, but I, I think you'll see more explosive plays from Georgia than you've seen recently, in my opinion. Well, that, that kind of answers the question from uh, Pite Tech One. I uh, hope I pronounced that right on the dog vent. He wanted to know how well does Georgia match up with LSU, and I think uh, you're hitting most of those. Uh, Matt, I mean, we we match up really well. Our offensive line much bigger than their D-line. Their D-line doesn't substitute much. They get worn out third and fourth quarter. They get pounded some. You saw the other night the A-chain for Texas a and <laughs> carried the ball 38 times the other night, and uh, – he uh, he got 200 and some yards, and uh, they 
A&M hasn't been a real physical, pounded out defense, offensive team. They only won one conference game, and then all of a sudden they go out there and look like they really were were rolling and they had some good catches too. That one guy made a two one-handed catches. So, uh, but we match up good with them, uh, and I think you made a good point. You know, play against your own standard. Uh, avoid losing. That's what you got to do in big games. Uh, I've talked to some coaches in the one double A playoffs this week who were asking me about how we used to practice at Marshall and what we did because we had a pretty good model there going for a few years. And and the point that I always said is be fresh as you can because you got to you got to take into account travel. You got to take into account the wear and tear of the whole year and uh, the mental part is big uh just being fresh mentally and physically so uh uh i I just feel like our team's in a good place right now not cocky but confident uh one thing you always talk to your team about is uh let's base it on the on what's happened here uh reality is you faced adversity and you've you've done a good job with it and uh, we're going to see some more but you know there's too much at stake here uh, you're only going to get a chance one or two times in a game to make a play to make the difference. And you got to be ready for it. So uh, you don't want to sit around the rest of your life and think about it like I did against Penn State when we had fourth and two on the two playing to play for a national championship and we ran 35 smash and we should have run 34 smash. So uh, it was a bad call. <laughs> How you remember all the plays you called just blows my mind. You never will forget that one, man. Oh, I know you will forget that one. Joe Pa said, I knew you were going to run it there. I knew you were going to run it there, Jimmy. Uh, yeah. no, so he rubbed salt in the wound. Uh, Bastard. <laughs> I, um, we do have a – I want to go back to another question that we have on the uh, dog vet, uh, asking you to look ahead, Coach. He said, what's your best scenario for matchups in the semis and the national but – before we do that, speaking of salt in the wound, I want to add uh, friends over at Prime Shrimp. They will give you some fantastic shrimp that is already pre-seasoned. Okay, so you can check it out. It's a fantastic concept where basically uh, Prime Shrimp, they peel, devein, season shrimp. They put it into these pl- uh, plastic bags, comes in a insulated bag. They ship it to you. You order from them. It's very simple. If you could cook boiling bag rice, I know some of you folks did this when you were at UGA. You had the right the hot plate in the dorm when you weren't supposed to. You boiled water. You put the, the bag of rice in it, minute rice or whatever it was called, and then you took it out and your rice was done. It's the same thing with their uh, signature shrimp, their French Quarter Alfredo, the garlic herb butter. All you got to be able to do is boil water. If you can boil water, you can have fantastic shrimp. Use promo code UGA Sports to get $20 off your first order. So, i.e. if you buy the garlic herb butter or the french quarter alfredo buy them both you're going to get one of them for free because you get 20 dollars off your first order so use promo code uga sports when you get the chance um uh, pretty simple there and also speaking of good food i want to mention our friends over at academia brewing company uh they are r- really really uh, fantastic right now they have a lamb plate over there that they're doing that's uh just a special they're doing uh they have that you got to try it out they've got bike night coming up this weekend um oh not even this weekend actually it's going to be uh december 1st so you want to hit up bike night when you get a chance 
They're if you're watching the uh, World Cup like I was earlier today, they've been taking the, one of their big vans over to uh, the Royal Peasant and pouring beer over there. It's a great place to watch it yourself. They have, of course, all that great food and beers and stuff like that. But just go to Academia Brewing Company, click on their Facebook page. That's where they constantly have updates about what's going on. Uh, the new beers, the lamb plates, the uh, uh, where they're going to be with their uh, new, with their big van, giant van that has all the taps in it, you know, uh, all sorts of announcements, whatever live music that they have going on, uh, their trivia Tuesdays, the wine Wednesdays, the beer and biscuit brunch. Check out our friends at Academic Brewing Company to see what's going on. You definitely need to check them out. All right, Coach, uh, that question, it's a tough one. What is the best case scenario in the matchups for Georgia? And what's the worst case scenario? Who scares you the most? This is from a. Uh, you know, uh, certainly, certainly all three teams are, are good. I mean, uh, no question that they got things that you got to worry about. Uh, when you, uh, from SC standpoint, they got a, one of the best quarterbacks, you know, it's come down the pike here in the last couple of years and Caleb Williams, uh, really good skilled people, but defensively probably the least talented of any of the groups that you, you could play. Uh, Michigan has ability to run and pass. And so does Mississippi, uh, TCU. So I, I would say probably, you know, playing Southern Cal is a little bit better matchup as far as if you look at both sides of the ball, okay. uh, they're not as good, but, uh, it's unfair for me to match them up and say you'd rather play this or play that. Yeah. But uh, we do have a, a good history against Michigan. It's got to be in their in their crawl to see what we did to them last year. So, but the one good thing as far as matchup wise that I like is playing indoors. You know, you're looking at perfect conditions the next three games. I mean, if you could just dial it up and say, hey, uh, Genie, give me three games indoors. I mean, that's what you got if uh, you win. This week, you, you, you're guaranteed playing uh, at at the Dome again where there's a lot to be said about just the uh, – I don't know if it's the word ambiance. or uh, That's probably something you wouldn't use. There. But, but just the idea from a coach's perspective, you like to stay as much on schedule and as much as normal – all of a sudden, if you're playing a game in Atlanta, we don't have to go over to Atlanta to work out. I mean, we'll have to go over and stay and do some of the uh, prescribed things that go with the bowl game and all, you know, a couple events. But I know uh, when we played before over there, you know, our guys like to be over here and use our training room and use our indoor building and use the no crowd noise that we can simulate there instead of going over to Georgia Tech and practice. And you know what I mean? So Yeah. And it's like a bowl game when you're working at some high school gym. Yeah, it's nothing against the Tech or anything like that. I'm just saying the con just the construction of your schedule would be uh, very, uh, I mean, very workmanlike. So you would be doing something for the third time this year. We did it against Oregon. We didn't do it against LSU. And now we're going to – I mean, very seldom would you ever hear of somebody playing – three games in one year at a neutral site, the same place. Uh, that, so, and then of course the game in LA is just going to be a spectacular venue. And we've got some history out there. 
going out there with uh, to Pasadena, but this game's going to be in the new new uh, dome stadium there where the Rams and Chargers play. But but uh, I, I would hope that anybody that's listening to this would not say that Jim Don is projecting all that, and then all of a sudden Kirby says, "I mean, what in that?" Now, he wouldn't do that, but I mean, I'm not. I'm just pointing out the value of the question is that you know playing where we play to me is pretty important too, as compa- compared to all of a sudden, uh, you know, even though that game's indoors too uh, out there at uh, at the uh, Fiesta Bowl, that, that that that's more of a grass surface. So they actually roll out grass and put it in the turf there instead of a uh, turf did you know that i did not know that that's why you listen to the show so well, they just got the grass on a giant roll yeah they and roll up they roll up the turf and put it back down every time they play damn fruit roll up made of grass i love it so uh, the only one we didn't touch on though would be tcu but i'm with you when i think about you know the the way georgia played in the cold and the rain you know at uh Mississippi State and uh, Kentucky, those were kind of miserable. Uh, they looked so much better in the second half and a very nice weather here at Georgia. Getting to everything inside, you take away the wind, you take away the cold. That looks right. really good. Variables of, variables of wet ball. Uh, right. And, uh, and I, I don't mean to, to not give TCU some love. I mean, seriously. I was about to ask uh, you about it. So. We, we're going to get a good scouting report on them because – one of our new coaches was on the staff there for albeit a couple months, but he knows their players. And uh, they got a really good quarterback, a big kid that can run, and they got really good receivers. Defensively, they play kind of a bend and don't break. Uh, Lincoln Riley's brother is actually the offensive coordinator. Uh, he's uh, doing a good job for Coach Dykes. And, uh, you know, any, any way you look at it, uh, Gary Patterson, next to the coach at Iowa, was the longest tenured coach in college. And last year they asked him to step down, and he finally did. And, you know, he's an analyst now for Texas. But, uh, boy, I tell you, uh, TCU took advantage of the transfer portal. They got a lot of players on their team that I, I you know, that weren't there last year and uh, won, won so many close games, including the one where they had to walk off field goal with one second to go. Uh, uh, I can I'm see them, I can see them realistically. Nothing against TCU, but I can see Kansas State, the way their quarterbacks are running and the way their defense is playing. They got a little running back named Deuce Vaughn or something like that that is just hard to tackle now. I mean, I watched them against KU last week. Of course, KU, not that great defense, but uh, I'm predicting that TCU might lose that game. So TCU loses then Ohio State. Still, I still think they'll be in though. Oh, okay. So I think the only one that can that'll lose and be out would be USAC because they all of a sudden they're out. Okay, so let's say uh, USC loses to Utah, then all of a sudden the number five right now is Ohio State. Alabama is six. Everyone just assumes that Ohio State would move up. Uh, Ohio State's in because they beat Penn State. I mean. Uh, you know, the Alabama, two losses, there's no way they're getting in. Uh, I agree. Of course, I'll – just like everybody else, I'll believe Alabama's out of it when other teams are in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would more than likely put – it's just a question of whether they would put 
TCU fourth and I, Ohio State third. Right. Uh, which, I, think was, I think they would keep TCU at third. Just but, you, know, you don't want to play. You don't want to have a Michigan Ohio State rematch. It, but exactly. The only way they could do that is put to the void that is put uh, us two and Ohio State three. But uh, I don't know how that's going. That's all. But I would say in order of teams getting upset, the the biggest upset would be Purdue beating. Uh, Winning against Michigan, and then the next one will be LSU beating us. Then the next one will be uh, Utah, which not an upset. They've already beaten SC, and then you got Kansas State, who played a really tight game with. Uh, you know, Kansas State lost to Tulane this year. I mean, that was that guy's done a good job, ten and two, but uh, that was a bad loss for him at home. Didn't he just sign a contract extension today? Yeah, I think he was. Uh, they were talking about him maybe at Tech, and looks like uh, Brent Key's going to get the job. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, okay. Auburn's made their commitment to uh, – they're going to cheat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that brings up the question from Big Sky Dog, and we'll get to some of the other ones on the event uh, in just a second. Uh, Big Sky Dog says, Coach, give me your thoughts on Brent Key and Hugh Free. So <laughs> – I like Brent Key. I think he's done a good job over there. He, he knows the Saban model. He, he knows the school, having been player there. And they were a well-coached team. I mean, they were prepared for us. And he got as much out of those kids as he can. But you, you got to get some better players. That's the number one thing. And then, uh, you know, I think it's that conference is just, is just a difference in the depth of the number of players. As far as uh, going to be the Wild Wild West over there at Auburn, I mean, I mean, everybody's going to need to buy a lot of yellow wood, I guess. <laughs> you I, catch mean, that? I, I did. I did catch that. I was <laughs> trying to host, but you cracked me up. Well, you know, he freezes. I, 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 I don't know that Hugh, Hugh Freeze has two wins against Alabama, but they seem to be – that's like – I don't know the man that well. One win, one, win, one win was just an unbelievable ball bounced off the guy's helmet. And he scored, but he's a good coach, and uh, he's got. That's what I was going to ask. How good is he? And regardless of, you know, the indiscretions, I mean, you forgive anybody. Hey, forgive them and all, but that's one thing. But it's hard to forgive the cheating they did. I mean, you got Larry Tunstall down there, got three different rental cars. I can only have three rented cars as a as on your team, and you, you can't imagine how many guys were coming in there on unofficial visits from everywhere. They had guys visiting to come watch games, flying them in. Uh, I know for a fact they had a they had girls that were posing as uh, uh, cheerleaders that aren't weren't exactly cheerleaders. They were ladies of uh, the night. And uh, so, hey, he, he's going to rock and roll over there. They're going, they're going to win. Uh, they might get thrown under the jail, but they're going, they're going to win. They work for Bruce Pearl. Hey, you I know, here's the thing about it. <laughs> what a guy there on, on his press conference today saying, you know, that he thinks maybe Nick and Miss Terry might be a little worried because he's the coach. Yeah, Nick's sweating his ass off tonight. I promise. Yeah. No, it's uh, I don't want to 
piss off the South Carolina fans, but just like uh, it's kind of like Kirby Smart being worried about Shane Beamer. I just don't see it. I mean, I'm sure he respects well, him. I got on Shane a little bit as far as, you know, all the social media and all the doing all the stuff outside. And he doesn't, you know, he really is a good promoter of the program. But the two jobs they've done the last two weeks are just remarkable. And uh, two teams on the playoffs. Kudos, kudos to that team. And uh, Spencer yeah. Rattler had just an out of body experience, man. I just can't believe. But uh, I'm, I'm happy for South Carolina, but I'm saying that's not Kirby Smart's not terrified of Shane Beamer coming. I don't think that Nick Saban is scared of uh, Hugh Freeze taking over. Oh, no, that's the point. And uh, you talk about somebody that's got the Dabo's got to find some kind of downfield passing game. I mean, you can't win in today's football with those short balls, and uh, you got to find some way to get the ball. And they just don't have the receivers they had. That, and, uh, now Jimbo's convinced. Jimbo Fisher's convinced that his offense is okay after winning one game. <laughs> I mean, he's he's already back, and uh, you know, it, based it on the whole year and all that. But this is a Georgia show, and uh, well, I just, I just question, so. everybody, what time is it? We we got another uh, eighteen minutes. Yeah, I just think everybody's put James Brown on and starts. I feel good, man. I feel really good. I feel James Brown good. Uh, and I feel good about uh, – you know me, I'm pretty much very low-key optimist and realist. But uh, Well, you, you have can, to counter out my my, my pessimism, Coach. Well, we you should, there's reason to be pessimistic the way we played the last couple of weeks, but I think we've been laying in the weeds a little bit too. So you think they were calling vanilla plays or just? Well, I don't think. I just feel like we're protecting Stetson. I think we weren't doing anything that gave him any chance to even think about keeping the ball much. Or when he has run it, it's been on scramble. So uh, I just think you'll see more movement with him. I think you'll see more balls to Bowers. And, again, adding A.D. Mitchell is like, I mean, every time it rains, it rains. Pennies from heaven. <laughs> That's what that is, right? AD, pennies from heaven, man. I love it. I think about the, uh, the when he was healthy and how that teams had to react to him. And by reacting to him, all of a sudden, you know, they take eyes off of Darnell Washington or Brock well, the other thing he gives you, Lad McConkey, you know, and Lad McConkey plays so much better when AD Mitchell's in the game. And you got him. You got the other issue, like we we see Rosemary coming across and catching the square ends and catching the balls on the goal line, just a great route. But this guy's a tremendous. I'm not talking about good, tremendous slant runner, putting his ball, you know, body between the defender and the. Uh, and the ball and uh so all of a sudden you you know as a dv that you've got to play that guy two ways you, you just can't figure he's going to release outside and run the fade or the fade stop or the back shoulder he can run a two-way go on time and uh, that threat really helps you uh, and if you remember back to auburn over there a couple of years ago against that really good corner on the goal line he ran a zag route on the goal line, or some people call it zag, oh, yeah. some people call it zag, where he came inside, planted his inside foot, and whirled back out. 
Uh, I had about four feet of separation by the time the ball got there. Yeah, and he's a really good uh, route runner, hand-eye coordination, and uh, just, uh, you know, any business, you got a good vice president. He's been had COVID and been out for a couple of weeks. Now he's back helping you make money. I mean, that's the same thing here. We got we got AD back. Well, that brings up a question from uh, Alex Mitchell in the uh, comment section here on YouTube. It says, do we see certain position players play more snaps like Robert Beal or Kenny Mack? You know, now that it's. I think so. I think you, uh, you, you know, you win the game. And uh, but but the addition of Milton is really uh, helps from the standpoint of a power inside guy to go along with, uh, with uh, Kenny going. And then of course, Edwards, you, you don't realize how quick he is and the way he can, he's just a good change of pace guy. So, but uh, Robert Bill's a good solid player. I mean, he's not a dominant, you know, difference maker, but playing out there with the other 10, he's a, he knows our scheme and he plays his technique. Uh, Chambliss is the same way. I mean, he, he's, he, He's going to give you all he's got. Yeah, but that's we're getting a lot of questions about uh, Chaz Chambliss and Robert Beal just because the it's it's different than not having Nolan Smith up there. And I guess everyone's like me; they're always looking for their weakness, the Achilles heel. What can you do? What do you want to do? I mean, what you know, are, I was, but you took words right out of my mouth. I'm like, there's not. Hey, all those guy. people. What do you, what would you like for him to do? We, we yeah. are we are who we are. Yeah. We can't do anything about it. Uh, you know what I'm saying? The guy got your best player got hurt. So uh, even though it, even though it's a weakness, he's, I mean, it, I don't think it's a weakness. It's just not a strength. Uh, you just say, look, we're going to play around that. And we got ways to do that with uh, different people coming in the game. Uh, Michael Williams has been coming in. Washington's coming in. Uh, there's some good, uh, good schemes that we can use personnel wise, but, and, I'm a little impatient on some of that stuff when people say it, and I'm, I apologize because they're right. We, we do have, but what do we have? Who has 88? Who has 10? Who has, who has Keely? <laughs> I mean, those right there. Uh, we got four first round draft choices on this team. Uh, you know, Jones is going to go first round. Uh, Keely Ringo, Carter, Washington. I mean, I hope Van Pran comes back next year. That would be good. Uh, he, he'd be down the road a little bit. But, uh, man, oh, man. Uh, just, I guess you got to look at and analyze it and everything. And my, my suggestion to everybody this week is chill and enjoy it. I mean, you, you're never going to get a situation like this again in your lifetime. Uh, anybody having the chance to win two straight national championships like this uh, with the, with this kind of uh, squad, you know, where you lost everybody. We might win several more, but two in a row being undefeated like that. So good Lord. No, that is very, very rare. Uh, Coach, this is a question that keeps coming up, uh, kind of like we see it a lot. Can you talk about Stetson shoulder? Is he okay? People see him kind of roll his arm around. That's total bullshit. There's nothing wrong with him. He just he has he hasn't thrown the ball as good for sure, but he he's nothing wrong with his shoulder. No, I mean that's that's why I was asking. We see people 
it's a theory going around that he's busted up. And I'm like, if it was, and we knew about it, That's, we'd report it at ugasports.com like we always have. We're not, that was we're not a, holding back on you. How about that throw he made to – how can you throw the ball like he did to Arian Smith in the corner if his shoulder was – I mean – Or that he had that nice one to uh, Kenny McIntosh down the sideline. You know, he overthrew the ball up at uh, in, the, in the wind. But, uh, listen, I watched him practice – Couple of times here in the last couple of weeks, his arm is on fire. <laughs> he looks fine. I tell you, everybody should go to your favorite restaurant and eat a steak or uh, drink a beer or do something, and not worry about that anymore. There's nothing wrong with his arm. God Almighty! Right, we got a question from uh, Snowman Dog on the board. Um, at ugsports.com. Everybody said, well, Coach, he thinks he knows everything. I don't know much, that's for sure. But I can tell you this. I'll kiss your ass under every red light in Athens and give you 10 minutes to draw a crowd if there's something wrong with his arm. There we go. Now, that ends the speculation right there. Uh, Coach Snowman Dog says, what is the best approach to take against LSU's defense? Do you establish the run game to open the pass? Or do you be? Are you aggressive in the passing game from the start? Kind of like I just think our guy Munkin has a good plan every week based on their personnel. If he thinks that uh, he can set up the pass with the run, he'll do it. If he thinks he needs to, uh, you know, basically speaking, they've had trouble stopping the run. So is that enhanced by RPOs where you, if they're overplaying the run, throwing in behind them? You saw uh, LSU uh, try to play. The run really hard against AM and they threw the ball in behind them. Uh, so it's a very good question, but a lot of it goes about where you think your best chance of winning the game. If your best chance is to run the ball, then you, you've got to use some play action to help run, help that running game. But if you think passing is, then, uh, you know, come out smoking with it. So, how does that work? You, you, I'm sure you make your plan going into it, and then it's just after the first couple of series, you kind of get a feel for it. You I mean you call plays? Yeah, I mean you go. You basically go with uh, everything based on uh, what the scouting report on the personnel is, and you know what their strengths are. I mean, obviously, we got to control number forty. I mean, he makes a lot of lost yardage plays. Uh, we got to have a good plan to to curtail him. Uh, you know, they got one corner that's had some trouble. I mean, we can attack him. So uh, I think it's just a big case of what you feel like within our system gives us the best chance to utilize what we do that they don't do as good. So I don't know what that is. I haven't. If I did, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> I was not mean they told, somebody suggested that to me. I don't mean I'm just coming. I don't know the inner workings of what the game plans are. I don't ask them stuff like that. Because I think I think that's a conflict of interest for me doing this show. Uh, I would never want to do anything like that. But I'm just trying to tell you about the, their personnel. But we we do a good job of uh, constructing formations to get the mismatch on the overruns as far as setups, uh, blocking angles, and. Our protections are set up. Uh, amazing protection all year, seven sacks. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, I was so, talking to some people about and 
you know, the, the changes they've had on the coaching staff. And Kirby Smart saying earlier in the year, this is the best staff I've ever had. And I keep hearing, well, yeah, but what about Stacey Searles? I'm like, let's give the offensive line some credit here, guys, because the offensive line's given up seven sacks in 12 games. That's pretty good. And there are other teams in this conference that have given up um, 20, 30, almost 40 sacks a game. In they got to give Stacey, first of all, coming in like he did right before spring. Uh, that's tough. Yeah. He adjusted like and uh, – uh, he's had numerous injuries back and forth there at guard uh, but between both guards having turf toe, Rattledge and, uh, and Truss, and then, uh, you know, moving those guys around and also getting some of the younger guys reps, uh, getting Mims in there the way he's worked him in and, and spelling Jones some, playing McClendon at left tackle. I think he's done a really good job of uh, of uh, using the, our personnel and keeping them fresh. and. We get very few holding penalties, very few motion penalties. That's the other thing about our team. If if you're a Georgia fan and you go to a game, you ought to feel pretty good about we look like a football team. Did you ever look over on the sideline where they're looking over? What's it's called, Coach? Get to play in. We never have trouble with the uh, with the defense or offense. You know where we look like we're discombobulated. We we don't jump off sides. We don't make stupid mistakes. And we've had some few penalties in the kicking game. Younger guys have made them, but uh, we're a well-coached team. I want to get to that point, Coach. Georgia's the least penalized team in the SEC. They've had 54 penalties. Now, they're also they're not the least penalized yards. When Georgia does have a penalty, it's a 15-yarder, it seems. you know. Yeah. Hey, we get one. We're going to get our money's worth. <laughs> exactly. But uh, I want you to take this number out. Uh, one team has 98 penalties. Can you guess who it is? Roll time. 54 for you. Yeah, exactly. 54 for Georgia, 98 for Alabama. That gives you an idea. And I'm just saying that's that's pretty damn good. Uh, the next closest you know, team. The other thing is points allowed. I mean, unbelievable how many less points we've had. You know, Alabama's second on points allowed, and, and they gave up 49 and 52 in one game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vanderbilt's second, I was I won't say the second best coach team because that's not fair, but just say the second least penalized team at 63. So Georgia is, you know, nine fewer in 12 games. So that's pretty damn good considering they I see 82, 90, 92, 96, 98 penalties, and Georgia has 54. They have half as many penalties as some of these other teams. So I mean, we talk about it all the time on the watch along show, and I hope everybody that doesn't go to the game Saturday can watch the game with us at four o'clock. Uh with uh, brought to us by Yancey Brothers and uh, Athens Ford and uh, Bud Light next, do a great job with that. If we, uh, you always talk to your team about avoid losing, you know, yeah. from the standpoint, missed assignments, turnovers, penalties, uh, just uh, ridiculous, stupid situational plays, uh, you know, basically. I'm going to pull up my weekly tweet about penalties. I got it pre-written, you know, because there are those times where that stuff sort of happens and it drives a little bit batty there. So, all right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to mention real quick our friends over at Dead Soxie. Um, they have their Cyber Week buy one, get one free deal going on right now. Um, it's going to end very soon. I think it probably ends today. Uh, it's on their Bundle. So when you buy a multi-pack of their socks, you can do the uh, buy one, get one free with the actual bundles. You should check it out. When you go to the collections and you go to team colorways, 
you'll see that they have uh, the different states, different colors. Uh, and check out those red and black ones, and you'll see some really sharp uh, styles there that they do. Uh, I like the ones with the stripes on the back, on the back of the heel. They are just, I don't know, it reminds me of the helmet. So when you get a chance to see those, check them out. Get to buy one. Get one free on the bundles. Use promo code free bundle. Hit them out when you get the chance. Uh, they're really comfortable socks. They're some of the best out there. You can't uh, you can't find them everywhere. Uh, this there's just nothing like it. So you got to go to deadsocksy.com and get your lucky socks. This would be a great weekend to have lucky socks. Uh, you know, you got Christmas coming up. You got playoff games, SEC title game, uh, hopefully a national championship game. If you're going to get something, now's the time to do it. Uh, try them out when you get a chance. Also, want to mention our friends at uh, My Perfect Franchise, Andy Ludecki. If you're trying to get out of the corporate rat race, you want to do something new. You want to get, uh, uh, you want unlimited pay time off. You want to create income and wealth. You want to uh, gain control of your income and schedule, diversify your income. Hate your boss. Get away from your boss. Get away from your job. Get away from being, you know, waking up in the morning going, damn it, I got to go to this job again. Reach out to Andy Ludecki at MyPerfectFranchise.net. He's got 3,000 different franchises that you can join that you know he can set up for you. It's free to you. It doesn't cost you anything. You just go to MyPerfectFranchise.net, and he will take care of it. He will walk you through it. He'll say, you know, what are you looking to do? How, how much investment do you want to have? Little, none, huge. Uh, how much time do you have? Do you want to, want to do something out of your house? Do you want to do something... Um, turnkey do you want to do you want to build you know the point being it's not just you know a few restaurants out there it's not that's not the only franchises that are available which is kind of what my way of thinking there are three thousand different franchises and he has helped people at all over the rivals network at a bunch of different sites i know that he's helped people at uga sports get new jobs so uh shout out to andy ludecki at myperfectfranchise.net uh, just check him out it doesn't cost you anything to do that all right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Howard here says the hands to the face penalty hurt us. There were there were only like four or five penalties last week that were, you know, Georgia played really sharp, but three of them, the hands to the face, pass interference, defensive holding, uh, personal foul, that either stopped one of Georgia's drives or extended uh, text drives. Those are the frustrating ones that Georgia needs to avoid this weekend. You can't uh, have those pop up again. Again, one of the least penalized teams by far in the SEC. But when you look at the actual yardage, Georgia goes from number one in least number of penalties, but number three in the amount of yardage that they have been penalized. So there's two teams with a lot fewer penalties, I mean, a lot more penalties that have actually been penalized less yardage. So as Coach said, we're going to, uh, if you're going to get a penalty, get a big one, you know, get it to uh, pop out there. Uh, Howard also says that uh, Mar Marcus Rosemary, Jack Saint will uh, show out and have a monster game. It'll be very interesting what happens when you bring in Marcus Rosemary, Jack St. and A.D. Mitchell. Does one replace the other? Do you have them both on the field at the same time? What does that do with Ladd McConkey? Are you still running two tight ends? Be, and you know they'll rotate them, but I'm just wondering if, Howard, you see a lot of A.D. Mitchell. And again, does he have the legs for it? Is he ready to go? I know he can do a flip. I heard that he actually did a flip at practice. So that sounds like a guy who's, you know, whose leg is healthy. But uh, let's see how that works out. Um, 
uh, like uh, Howard Eubanks, do we play a similar defense to uh, how he played against Tennessee? I don't think you have to go quite that crazy because of the way they line up and the speed at which they go. But you do realize you're going up against Jaden Daniels, who has a thousand yards rushing as a quarterback. That's quite impressive. So uh, <laughs> I like Larry Hagier until next year when we three-peat. Uh, Georgia has a 27-game regular season winning streak, I do believe. Uh, they could buy the seventh game. I saw this from um, somebody tweeted this out. I, I feel bad for not remember who. If Georgia goes on to the regular wins seven games in the regular season next year, they will set a new SEC record. They will have 34 uh, home or regular season wins, which would surpass the record set by Tennessee some years back. So the record is 33 regular season home wins. Georgia would set that uh, 30, the number 34 if they could win the first seven games next year. That seventh game would be against Vanderbilt. So you got to like their chances there. Uh, Tom Gross, is MJ Sherman performing well in practice? We've heard that he is. Um, but here's the thing. I hate to second guess the coaches and say, oh, yeah, well, you can bring in well, you know, sit Chaz or sit uh, Robert Beal or somebody like that and bring in MJ because, you know, they thought of it. They've tried it. This is weird. As much as you want to pull your hair out when you see certain guys out there uh, because you just don't feel that – or that you see a guy getting picked on or something like that, the coaches watch tape too. You know, if a guy is doing good, they'll, they'll, they will uh, bring him in when they can. All right. A coach – no, we'll get you back. I got one more question for you. I think I don't that's understand it. it, man. But uh, I can get a finish. Oh, what's that? Uh, we got well, two questions left. Uh, I want to go from Nate Doggy Dog 401. He says, without saying Stetson Bennett or Jalen Carter, so we got to take those two off the list. Who are our offensive and defensive MVPs? We are at the end of the year, it makes sense. Uh, so the awards start going yeah. out. Offensive. Baby. Regular season MVPs, coach, without Stetson or Jalen Carter. I'd say, I'd say, uh, Brock Bowers and uh, Van Pran. Uh, then on defense, I'd say Pop. Very, absolutely. I was going to say Brock Bowers when you took out Stetson. That was my first thought. And then I was going to say uh, Chris Smith. Just for the Chris is good. I mean, there's all there's like, but uh, smile mom in the last three games. I mean, yeah, if he'd been around all year, maybe him. Ringo's had a good year too. I mean, you can't stop everybody every play, but I mean, you know, the other day he had nine targets, gave up three. But I'm, was that uh, it? Was that nine times he only had only three receptions. Yeah. Wow. See, that's why we have you on the show. We learn stuff. I hope so. It's not because I'm an internet freak. That's sure. <laughs> uh, we'll give a shout out to Farmer Dog. He was this was his last day of picking cotton. He says, but uh, he he normally listens to the show during the day and felt bad that we didn't have it for him when when he was looking. Oh, for hey, it. that's that's good. Uh, Got to be a good cotton picker. <laughs> and uh, actually, I think that is all the questions. Fantastic. Let me uh, roll through the. Uh, one's over here on our uh, AZ dog says uh, Lassiter and Starks as MVPs. I get that. Um, 
I think Lester's unsung hero of the year, the way he stepped in at corner. I mean, unreal. Yeah, and been very good. Uh, here's a good question from Tyler Alexander. Coach says, what will be the defense's approach to balancing the need for pass rush versus keeping containment on the quarterback? Any chance we use Smile Mondin as a spy? Yeah, I think we got to spy him some. And then, uh, he, again, down and distance help you a little bit. Uh, the, you've got to make sure if you play man coverage against this guy in particular that you don't let him break containment because then he can not only get a first down, he can get big gains because you don't have any run support. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have to mix up our con- our coverages and mix up our uh, underneath uh, rushes. But uh, the thing about a game, when you play a, a, a mobile quarterback, I'm a lot more interested in pressure than I am uh, just pure out sacks. Uh, we pressured the heck out of uh, you know of uh, Hendon Hooker, which you know was very effective, and we brought some different uh, outside pressures with our star, uh, you know, Bullard coming off the edge and things like that. But uh, I think we'll be very careful about going crazy rushing this guy, though. I mean, because they they can bust the run on you, too, those inside runs that, you know, one like the other day when Milton broke the one up to Gash, they can do that when you you all of a sudden there's a third and five or six and you think they're throwing and they bust that. So – uh, their best chance in this game is big plays. I think I don't see them sustaining drives against us, but they they can make some big plays, and we've been very good about not giving up a lot of chunk plays. Yeah, Georgia's one of the best teams against third down. We've seen that, and LSU's a little less than fifty percent success on third down. Although I think a lot of teams are around fifty percent or below on third downs. It's it's a tough it's a tough one. Yeah, I'm telling you, I used to. Friday night, uh, sometimes I'd sleep okay, but third and six and seven, man, that's <laughs> nightmare thinking. And, of course, you don't worry about third and 20. I mean, what can you do? I mean. Hope hope, hope, hope you get the punt off right. I hope you get the penalty or something. But yeah. uh, uh, situational football in the championships is what, what it's all about, fans. Playing in the red zone playing on short yardage, uh, making your kicks, not giving up a possession with a stupid play by a penalty on fourth down and letting them keep the ball or an onside kick or just you got to be ready for situational stuff and understand that the other team feels like they're out, man, they're going to take some chances. They're going to be ready to fake a punt. I mean, steal a possession on you. That's, that's you nailed it. I uh, want to go back to something Brian Kelly said on Monday. He mentioned the fact about Georgia's defense. It says if they get you behind the chains, the stuff they do on third downs is. I mean, he was, it was a great compliment that he gave Georgia's defense about you know being behind the sticks. That he third, right. six, third, seven. He was. He's like, we they're, they're tough. That. We live by that. I mean, uh, our defense is a plus as long as we're ahead of the sticks. It's. Uh, like most defenses, first and ten, second, four and five, and when they can run our pass, we, we're not real good at stopping to run our pass on either one of those. Yeah. 
Uh, last question, Coach. I know I keep saying that, but they keep popping up, and I'm going to hit you one last one. Then we'll let you go. Uh, A&M ran the ball really outside. Well, A&M ran the ball outside the tackles. Do we see more of the same this week from Samuel Burson uh, talking about how does Georgia – do you yeah, attack the river or go up the middle? It's just a different style that A&M run. You know, a lot of plays under center, uh, some two-back stuff out of the eye. Uh you know how you get to the perimeter is what the, what he's asking. Uh, I can see it's running more toss plays, uh, more uh, counters, uh, more outside zone, just because uh, they're small enough inside where you can stop penetration and get the ball to edge, and that's been very su- successful for us. Where you got big old Darnell and Bowers out there protecting the edge, and then you you, you don't have any inside pressure. They don't have the big D lineman inside like Mississippi State and some of these guys, but uh, but they're good D line. But uh, I'll be surprised if we don't run for two hundred yards in this game. I really will. Here we go. All right, folks, you heard it all here first, uh, Coach. Really appreciate you breaking it down like that. It it really helps. Uh, we also want to uh, say how much we appreciate our sponsors, of course, Athens Ford, uh, Your Pie, Double Points Tuesday. Academia Beer, uh, Academia Brewing Company. Check them out on their Facebook page, Dead Soxy. Hit that free bundles deal that's going on right now. Prime Shrimp. Remember, get 20 bucks off your first order using promo code UGA Sports. And of course, My Perfect Franchise. Get a new job. For Coach Donnan, I'm Roddy Nabulsi. We will talk to you folks next week after we, we will discuss Georgia's SEC uh, title game and look forward to where Georgia's playing in the playoffs. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. <laughs>